Are you looking to live the abundant life no matter what your income is? You're in the right place. This is the podcast that will teach and inspire you to live better. Whether you want to earn more, save more, or improve your relationship with money or people, it's time for the 90 Days to Abundance podcast, brought to you by SavingsAngel.com. Here's your host, the Chief Executive Angel of SavingsAngel.com, Josh Elledge. Thank you so much, Cece, and welcome to the 90 Days to Abundance program. My name is Josh Elledge. I am so thrilled to have you on this episode because I want to ask you a question. If you had no fear and you you never had any doubt, how would you live your life differently? Well, I've got a guest on today, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about doubting your doubts. And so I'm really excited to have you on this program because we're going to be talking with Paul Blyes of Doubt the Doubts, which is a podcast and a very popular website and blog. So with that, let's get to my conversation with Paul Blyes. And Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the 90 Days to Abundance program. Hey, my pleasure to be here, Josh. I'm, I'm really stoked to be here. Thanks for asking me. It means a lot to me. Well, I, I appreciate the work that you're doing. And certainly, you know, I love the name of your program, Doubt the Doubts, because I think doubt is, is such a powerful, but yet a, a, a force that can rob us and thieve us of so many great opportunities and so much good that we can do in the world. Mm. What led to, before we talk about your backstory, I, I just have to jump right at that and ask you about that concept of doubt the doubts. Where did that come from? Well, it came from um, a, let's see, it was an article that I had written for, on my private blog that I did, um, I used to used to write on a blog called um, paulblaze.blogspot.com. So it was one of those free Google blogs <laughs> that I had set up. And I, I had I'd been through quite a change of life where my life had been um, kind of altered quite radically by going from being, you know, healthy, happy person to a person who had a very large cancerous tumor in my bladder and was... My life was at stake and everything was turned upside down. Well, anyhow, I had written this article on there. I'd been kind of thinking through like how could I live a different life because my life was upside down. I was a business owner and my body was no longer available to put myself Mm -hmm. into work. And so I was thinking of new ways of doing things. So I wrote this article and the article was called Doubt the Doubts. Now, it was coming from a very Christian perspective. I was um, writing about uh, someone's walk with with uh, God and about the idea of, you know, we all have doubts and we need to sometimes just doubt the doubts that come at us. You know, it's, it's the easiest thing to do is to believe the doubts. Like we have yeah. these incredible philosophies of life that we hold on to, but as soon as the doubts come, those are the things we believe. And so the point was, is that we were trying, I was just, I was just wrote this article. And the funny thing is, is that when people were responding to it, I had quite a few people respond to it. They were more interested in the title than they were in the content. (laughs) The title was so much, was so responded to. They're like, oh, that's such a great title. I love that. The idea of that, I'd wear a t-shirt with that on there. And it just so (laughs) resonated with people. And I thought, man, I could do something with that. So I started chewing on the idea of what could I do with that title and then I was also chewing on the idea of how to move on to into an online business. And so I started thinking about podcasting and 
and giving people the tools to get from a place of doubting that they can do stuff to be able to believe that they can do it. So that was that was kind of the the genesis of it was just the title of a of a of a blog that I wrote that really inspired people and and kind of was a hook for them. And so when I started Doubt the Doubts as a podcast, it's specifically for entrepreneurs or people wanting to become some kind of preneur, you know, whether it's a sidepreneur, a solopreneur, or if you're a farmer, a manurepreneur, I don't know. <laughs> so whatever somebody wants to become a preneur of some sort, that they can that they can get the resources, the tricks, tactics, tips, and tools for for being able to move forward in their um, in their dreams. And so that was the that was kind of the genesis of it. That's beautiful. I really want to talk about doubt some more because I I feel like I have some great uh, issues with that just out of my own experience and and the experience of some people that I know and love. Uh, but I, I really want to go and uh, you, you have become a podcaster and you've become a an internet personality. But what were you doing before that? I mean, you weren't you didn't you weren't born this. So what gave you the audacity to think that you could do something like this and that, that you could be a teacher of people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. So before I got into this, I've been kind of an entrepreneur my most of my adult life. Uh, I, I have a another business that I run called the Electric Connection, which is a kind of a custom um, a custom business uh, where I do custom custom lighting designs, uh, home theater systems, whole whole house audio sounds. Uh, Security systems, lighting controls. Anytime you have the word system in a house, you're basically meaning money because <laughs> it costs a lot of money to do systems. And so um, I was, I've was i been kind of privileged that when I first got into being a, a tradesman as an electrician, I happened to work for a company in Southern California that happened to do some of the nicest houses in America. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, in Southern California, they just some of the most beautiful houses are are down there in in San Diego, like on uh, the cliffs of La Jolla and above Black's Beach, uh, in Rancho Santa Fe, or in um, just, I'm, I'm just naming off a couple of places there, Del Mar, uh, Rancho Del Mar. I mean those those places have have so much money. I mean people that are like. Mr. Briggs of Briggs and Strap Motors, you know, <laughs> just ridiculous money. Or yeah. we, we wired some houses across the street from Janet Jackson's home, her, her weekend home. Um, so that type of, that was a caliber of house that we wow. worked on. So when I moved to the Northwest, nobody in our area understood how to do custom. I mean, I'm not saying that they were bad electricians. It's not at all. I'm saying that they didn't understand how to do high-end uh, really amazing custom homes. Uh, this is back, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So I was kind of the guy that that came into town and knew that stuff. And so when I started my business, that's what I focused on. So now having said that, my dream was always to do something different though. Like I excelled in the designs and the creativity and the art, the artistry of that. Hey, Paul, but, before before you continue, I mean, you were talking about being able to work in the environment of luxury how did that specifically influence you because it, it, it sounds like it, it was it it was actually um kind of uh it had an influence on your work oh yeah i remember when i was a newlywed i was working in some in one of my customers house uh in, in her house and she was a sweet elderly lady that had money dripping from her all over the place but 
I mean, she didn't she didn't come off pretentious like that. I'm just telling you that that's that's just the reality of it. It wasn't any type mm-hmm. of pre- pretense on her point on her part. But I remember working in her closet, her master bedroom closet, just the closet alone. I'm not talking about the house. I all the houses, believe me, were big houses. I was just in the closet, and as I was working in the closet, wiring up the how the the lights in the closet, I I got out my tape measure and I measured the closet. When I got home that evening, I took that same tape measure out of my truck, walked up into my apartment, and measured <laughs> my my apartment. It was smaller than her closet. Yeah. <laughs> and it made me think, man, there is something about, about the way that I live and the way that they live that is not anywhere on the same page. Now, I've never been a person that wanted to be really rich. I mean, well, let me put it, let me take, change that. I've always wanted to be a person that was really rich, <laughs> but it's not been like the, the, the passion. Like some people are just yeah, driven. Right, they just have right. they, Everything is decided by how much money something costs, how much money yeah. they can make off it, so on and so forth. I've never been that guy. I've more been more passionate about how I can help people, how I can love on people. The, I, I just love people in general way more than I do money. If I'm going to take a, a loss, I'd rather be the loss, be money, than a loss of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people way, way, way outweigh the financial scales altogether. So, so that's been my bigger passion. So my bigger passion I've always wanted to get to was writing and speaking, doing something where I can impart to people something of value to where when it was all said and done, they would say, wow, my life is better because of Paul. That that's been that's been the driving thing in the in the back of my mind. So when I was into electrical and doing doing the electrical trade, I I loved the idea of making someone's life more beautiful, making their houses more comfortable. It was it was more a, a desire to give them something that changed their lives and made their lives better. And I could do it better than any other electrician in the area. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just that's not pride. That's just. That's just reality. Because I'm, I'm in. A, I mean, I mean, I'm. I can. I did. I do something that most guys don't do. Now that's that's changed over the years. The this area's become more sophisticated. Housing's become more sophisticated. The advent of the internet. When I first started, there were there was no internet. There were people could go on and look and see how amazing houses were. The, the houses were that I used to wire that were just like that's just what I did. So it's it's changed now. But it was mm-hmm. always the driving passion was giving something somebody something beautiful, more comfortable. Which made their lives better. Now, I've always thought, though, that I would love to do that through speaking and through writing. So that's yeah. why I started that blog. I was wanted to do things that would enhance someone's life, give them something better for them, you know. So, you know, on that blog, I wrote a book and I put the I put it on that blog. It's called Saving Alice, and it's a cowboy. It's a western, I should say, type of a book. And um, I've I write devotional types type things. I'd also write just inspirational things, like just ideas. And then it also became a um, a bit of a journal about my my uh, journey with cancer. From from the day that I was diagnosed, I wrote an article the very next day called "Do the Next Thing," wow. and and it's and there's a little section on there, a tab called "My Cancer Stories So Far," and it just kind of chronicles that first those first nine months of dealing with cancer and being a cancer patient. Um, not out of the woods yet, but I've got a long ways to go for that. But but nonetheless, that was that was kind of a the, the starting point for that, or that was one of the the points of that podcast, or not podcast, but that blog. 
So that's why coming to Doubt the Doubts, and this isn't the only podcast. I have another one called The Potter's Cast, which is still a business-type show, but it's dealing with the business of clay, the life, love, and business of clay. Um, this Doubt the Doubts is another show that I do that's dealing with the life and love of business itself, and so yeah. uh, entrepreneurialism. And so both of those is that I'm bringing something to the table that really helps people to be able to get past their fears and their doubts and be able to say, hey, if that guy can do it, then I can do it. I don't always just have the rock stars on the show. I've got people that are just starting out, people that are that are brand new, just starting a brewery, and they are at, they're still brewing in their backyard, type of in a little shed. I mean, that story is is a great story for someone to hear, as well as going to like Chris Brogan and having him on the show and hearing the things that he has to say because it's a full spectrum. Or having a guy who's completely retired and out of the business world altogether. He was an entrepreneur his whole life, Ed Wright, who was the um, one of the biggest stars in surfboard industry back in the 70s. Um, Ed Wright was just the, the guy for shaping. Uh, I, I had him on the show and he gives us this, this overall bird's eye view perspective perspective of entrepreneur um, life. And so I, I just love having that spectrum of, of people that are way up there in terms of enormous success to those people who are in terms of of small, just starting out success. I just love that whole gamut. So yeah. does that hey, so, answer the question? Yeah, I think so. And Paul, I want to address this issue, though, because I know that there's people out there who think that, you know, they, they've done a lot of studying. They're pretty smart people, and, and they probably have it within them to inspire other people. But but don't you agree that it, it almost takes—it's it's like I want to ask the question of, like, who am I? You know, who am I to think that, you know, that I'm going to go and I'm going to lead and I'm going to inspire people. So if there's someone listening to us and they're thinking, I don't know, can, can I do that? I mean, can I, you know, raise my hand and say, hey, I've got something to say. Come and listen to me. It, it, do, you, do you get that? It just kind of feels like. I think for a lot of us, it, there might be fear that would hold us back, or it might be one of insecurity, or one of, well, that's just only, you know, some job for some motivational rah-rah speaker. Yeah, that's a great question. I, the who am I question really can be one of the biggest deterrents for moving ahead than any other question, because every one of us uh, every one of us knows that we have gas and that we all pick our nose when we're alone. And when we have those things that we know about ourselves, we we think, well, obviously, obviously, um, you know, guy are um, you can name any of the big the big names. Obviously, they don't do that. You would never <laughs> catch him or her picking their nose. And so because we we all we do is we compare ourselves to other people's highlight reels. And that's not a fair comparison. When I compare myself to your highlight reels, Josh, I'm going to have some I'm going to have some really bad thoughts about me cuz Josh has got so many great cool wonderful um, uh, success stories and when you put that out there, uh, of course I'm going to fall short because then I'm going to compare you with your with your success with me with my finger up my nose. And those two pictures don't look good. But it's really unfair to compare our, ourselves, our everyday lives, our middle of the story or our beginnings with someone else's highlights. It's just an unfair approach. We are shooting ourselves in the foot at that point. 
So what we have to do is not compare ourselves to the other people's highlights. And answering the mm. question, well, who am I? The question is, who am I to keep my mouth shut? That's probably the better thing to ask is, who am I to keep the things that I have learned away from other people that haven't learned that yet? Mm. It doesn't take much to become an expert on any one particular subject. If you read one book, one book on any subject, usually the end result will be that you will have more knowledge than 85% of the people out there on that subject. If you read two books, you're going to become more knowledgeable than 90% of the people out there. If you read five books on the same subject, you've just become what people would call an expert because you now know more than the vast majority of people on the planet on that one subject. So the idea that you or me or that someone like us uh, shouldn't say something because they because they know that they've picked their nose in private and that we've been caught driving down the road doing that stuff, that, that we therefore are unqualified to be a spokesperson for a specific topic? No, that's not the case. The reality is, is that we are one person on a planet of over 7 billion people, and there is a great chance that there's a lot of people that don't know all that you know. Therefore, who are you to keep your mouth shut as opposed to who are you to speak up? I think it's better to turn that question around. It sure is. Just like uh, doubting your doubts. <laughs> yes. you know, so this is really great. And I think that this presents an amazing opportunity because, again, what we like to talk about in this show is is creating abundance. And a lot of times we're talking about creating financial abundance. And so I think that there is more opportunity today to be an expert, per se, and, right. and to, I don't want to say expert, but I want, you know, opportunities to be a teacher. And if this is a subject that you are passionate about, because there are lots of opportunities to be students. I, I'm a student, you know, 23 hours a day, you know, I'm constantly, you know, absorbing information, it, it, not including that one hour I sleep, I suppose. Uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm constantly looking to learn from other people. I rely on those people reading those five books and condensing it to for me in a way that I can understand because I haven't yet read those five books. So so I guess, and, and this is going to get into my next question, but here's where the opportunity is in today's uh, new media world is that anybody can create for themselves, if there's a subject that they love, they can create a platform and they can make a living at that. How does that work, Paul? Well, first off, it needs to be understood that like anything, um, let's see how to say this. It's been said that anything worth having is worth working for. There is no such thing as a free lunch, as they so as, as some have said. Yeah. Uh, you can go online and create an income doing just about anything. I remember listening to Dan Miller's podcast, uh, "48 Days to the Work You Love," the 48 Days podcast, and he loves he loves to talk about tell people that you can make a business out of anything. And there was one thing that he mentioned, which was a group or, or a person that made a business out of manure. And what, they're, what they did was they made like garden gnomes or they made like garden little things that people would 
could buy from them and they put it in their garden and it would slowly disintegrate and at the same time fertilize their their garden and so the idea is that that you could literally make make a business <laughs> out of out of uh, crap yeah and so it's a it's a great idea that that you really can do that now having said that that's not to say it's not simple it is a lot of stinking work there is a muscle that everybody has to flex to be able to get to a point of success. It's called the hustle muscle. And if you don't have a hustle <laughs> muscle, then it's it's just like if you if you decide to not to go to work one day, you're not going to get a paycheck for that day. You've got to get up and show up. If you don't get up and show up, then you're not going to have success. So, yes, you can create a business and it doesn't have to be beautiful. It can be ugly, but it's still going to take a lot of hard work and it's going to take some time and some dedication. But I think, I think having said that, Josh, I think that there's also somewhat of an idea that, that are, there are some practical how to's, what to's and go do's that a person can do to be able to, to ensure or, or help to make sure that you have, have a better opportunity at sec at, at success. And, um, and so that's an important thing to kind of carry along with you is that if you don't know the how to's or the how to's or the what do's, then it's important to take some time to learn those things because there are some real practical, simple things that that you need to know in order to make it online. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I appreciate that you brought up Dan Miller, too. I, I had him on uh, on episode number 41. It was just a great interview. And, uh, you know, I love this idea of, you know, not feeling like, okay, well, in order for me to start a business, I must incorporate and I must understand tax law and I must understand this and that. You don't. You you can pursue whatever it is that you enjoy. If you love, let's say there's someone who, we just had 4th of July, someone who just absolutely loves fireworks. They love classifying fireworks. They love displays. You know, how can can someone who just is passionate about fireworks or any subject matter, what are some, and I you may have to speak very broadly about this, but how can someone make money on the internet? And again, I understand you're going to probably need to speak very generally about it, but uh, what, what would be hypothetically some ways that they could make money uh, if they have a passion for a subject like that? Yeah, well, fireworks is an interesting one because there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of state laws that I know for sure you're going to have to be really <laughs> conscientious of. And how do you ship those those explosives? Uh, those things are are going to be really really but important. But even if to, it's not, let's say, yeah, let's say that their interest, you know, really isn't even in retailing fireworks, but they just. They just love fireworks displays and maybe, mm -hmm. you know, how different cities, uh, the the different displays. And so he wants to like rank them or something like, can you make money with something like that? Um, I, Josh, I'm going to have to say that, yeah, I'm sure that there's a way to do it. I, I'm thinking that through my own little brain and I'm struggling to kind of find the exact answer for you on that. <laughs> but I, I would say that, yes, there's going to be a way to do that. The first thing you that I would say is is that where's the niche? Where's the audience that you want to get the money from for from those people? Because the goal in in any type of business venture is to is to get money from one person's pocket into your pocket. Now that is the that's kind of like the base idea. But having mm -hmm. said that, a more refined approach is you're trying to figure out how can you serve that person to where you're not just taking money, but they want to give you money. They want to reward yeah. you with the money. 
And so that's a little bit more refined and a little bit more of a service mentality as opposed to a taking mentality. You're trying to give to people. So in that scenario with the fireworks, the question is, how can you serve the fireworks community, the people that just love fireworks or that are putting on uh, fireworks stands or putting that they're they're putting fireworks stands? I know that in our area, we just finished coming off the 4th of July uh, this month, uh, a little while ago, and there were tons of firework displays in our area. And so how could you be able to go out and serve those those people that are the vendors? And that could be a question that you could be yeah. you could be trying to answer. If you can answer those questions, then you're going to be able to start to answer the questions of like, well, then how can you get a, might be that you can become the the middleman to be able to to connect vendors with suppliers. And perhaps there's already a process out there, but if someone else is already doing it, then I'm sure that there's a way that you could figure out how to do it, how to do it. You know, if someone else has done it, that just means that it's a proven technology, it's a proven pathway. And then you just have to have to kind of start to maybe mimic or maybe do better than and and then just start moving in that direction, you know, step one, step two, step three. Yeah. Hey, so let's talk about doubts. Where where do they come from? You know that that's that's a a tough one. Um, doubts come from two places. They come from within and they come from without. The within portion is the way that is is, the, is that we're sourcing that we are the source of that doubt. Um, we know our own limitations. We know what we we can't do and it makes and that that can bleed into other things that we feel like oh if i can't do that then i can't do this and that's not necessarily always true it's true that there's some things that we just realistically can't do i know that i cannot be a ballerina i have tried even as an adult (laughs) i went and was in a ballet for my daughter and i played a part of a in in the ballet but i knew that i wasn't a ballet i don't know what you call them a male ballet person a ballerina (laughs) ballerino i don't know but uh, <laughs> I, um, I just know that that's not my forte, nor, nor do I think that I can do it. I also know that I'm probably – I will never be the president of the United States. There's some very specific things that a president has to have in their background that, that I know that I'm not going to be able to, to provide for that. So th- those are the type of things where I'd say, okay, those are realistic doubts. And some doubts are healthy for us. I should always doubt that I can't fly when I'm on the edge of a cliff. I would not survive a 90-foot drop. Those are good, healthy doubts. But it's when those doubts bleed into other things that should not be bled over into. For instance, I doubt that I can be a success in a business. Well, that's not actually true. There's no reason why we can't try it and see what it is. And there's no reason to say that I can't learn the skills that it takes to be to be an entrepreneur or to be successful with your finances. These are skills that are learnable, that are not born to us inherently. But we tend to think that, well, unless you're born with it, unless it's in your blood, then you you don't have a, a hope. And that's just not true. So that's, that's one source. A source of doubt can be ourselves, where healthy doubts are turned into um, unhealthy doubts. Past failures become the definition of future failures. And that's just the wrong way to think. The other place that doubts come from is from without, and that's when other people put those doubts on us. When other Mm. people come along and say, oh, you can't do that, or you shouldn't be doing this, and they tell you to to back off or you shouldn't do it in this way. And the question is, who made you gatekeeper? 
Who mm. made you the gatekeeper to be able to, whether I can be a success or not a success? Who made you the gatekeepers of whether I can write a book or not write a book, or I can publish a book or not publish a book? Who made you the gatekeepers of whether I can go into broadcast uh, business, which is what podcasting essentially is, not exactly, but essentially is? Uh, who, who made somebody else the gatekeeper? We have gotten so many of those gatekeepers we have removed from in front of us, and we can now start to move ahead regardless of whether somebody else um, gives us permission to or not. The only person in a lot of cases that needs to give us permission is ourselves. And if we can give ourselves the permission, then we can we can probably do something. So those are the kind of the sources that I see as being the two types of, of sources for doubts. Things that we say to ourselves and things that other people say to us. And it could be like a, a parent that said to us when we were little kids, you'll never amount to anything. Or a, a friend that said something offhanded that really struck to the core of us. Or that society says you're not beautiful enough, tall enough, skinny enough, so on and so forth. All of those things are, are a joke. There, In fact, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I just listened to a podcast of a man who's three feet tall. And he's one of the most popular speakers in the world. Amazing. He goes and coaches businesses on how to run their business. He's a spokesperson. And the guy's less than he's he's three foot tall man. And he's and he's stuck to a wheelchair. And his wheelchair should have been should have been his curse. But instead he uses it as his carriage. It brings him from A to B. And it's no longer the thing that, that restricts him, but it's the thing that moves him from A to B. So yeah, we can't we just have to be really careful that we don't either shoot ourselves in the foot or we don't believe the arrows that have been shot at us from other people. So if someone is in a position where, let's say they're financially underwater and they just don't see any end to it, and so this doubt, uh, I don't want to say starts to creep in, they're, they're, they're swimming in doubt. I mean, they're filled, their life is filled with doubt that they can ever, uh, you know, get ahead of this. What do you say to that person? What is your counsel to them? Well, you're asking the wrong guy, Josh, because you're the expert on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love I'll different perspectives, yes. Well, what I could do is I could cheat because what your your audience may not know is that you and I just did an interview before this, and I had you on my show. What I could do is just go through and look at my notes and go through your notes. Okay, here's the three tips to abundance. <laughs> but I, I won't do that. What I'll tell you my thoughts on that subject, okay? I am currently a cancer patient. I am being treated for cancer and I just got the good news that for the second time in a row, I don't have to worry about cancer for three months. I, I am, I have no evidence. Now mm -hmm. there is, there's one red spot that I'm concerned about, but we'll know in three months whether it's actually cancerous or not. So, um, in this last year and a half that I've been a cancer patient, I have missed nine months of work take nine months of salary out of mm. anyone's income, unless you are uber rich, it is going to be dreadfully painful. Yeah. So I look at that scenario that you just talked about and I say, guy, I don't know. I'm there right now. <laughs> yeah. It is a very tough place to be. I'll tell you what I am doing. I am not sitting still. I am doing everything I can to move ahead. Even when, even when, my body is not available. I'm trying to figure out a way where I can continue to make an income regardless of whether my body is available or not. 
I might have a year left to live. I might have 10 years left to live. That's a complete unknown. We all live with the expectation we're going to grow to be an old man or woman. We all have that expectation. I don't have that expectation right now. I have a very unstable, uncertain future. But what I don't do is sit still. I do sometimes. Sometimes, Josh, I totally paralyze up and I just like, what am I going to do about this? The phone call, the phone is ringing and I can see that it's an 800 number. I know what that means. This is not one of my buddies calling me to go out for uh, a coffee. This is somebody that I know I'm, I'm going to have a disappointing answer for. Yeah. So I am still, but, but I'm not sitting still. I'm going to keep moving forward. So I think that that's, that's about probably one of the biggest pieces of advice that I, that I give myself is just do the next thing. I can't pay it all off tomorrow, nor can I pay it all off next month, nor can I pay it all off probably within this next year. But I can keep moving forward just a little bit. I can, I can find the new source of income. I can look at those finances and deal with this issue at this point. And some of those finances that were actually horrible um, are starting to become reasonable. Other ones have gotten worse. Other ones have gotten better. But it's, it's because I'm just not, I'm just not going to sit still. And I'm also okay with, with, with this also, Josh. I'm okay with disappointing companies, yeah. not being perfect for them. I'm, I'm, I have come to the conclusion that that's okay. I've also come to the conclusion that my credit score doesn't matter that much. Yeah, it only matters right. if I decide to go out and buy something. That's the only time it matters. So at this point, I'm just saying I'm going to keep pushing ahead in the areas that I can do. And I'm not going to worry about things that I can't control right now because I can't. I mean, that's just the, the, the horrible truth is that there's something I just can't control. So I just keep pushing ahead. So if it's the bill collectors, I'll pay those that I can and I will ignore those. Well, not ignore. I will put off those that I can't, knowing that yeah. I'll eventually get to them. They can foreclose. They can do whatever they, they have to do. But, you know, at some point, they're, if they understand cancer patient or they understand bankruptcy, they understand these other things, that they're going to want to work with you because really what it comes down is they still just want their money. And sure. I want to give it to them. So, so that's that's my humble advice there, John. Yeah, you know, and I like that it does. It sounds like you're not letting these things define who you are. And I think that's so critical. That's so key about looking at circumstances and not internalizing them. Right, right. Um, so, Paul, now you're, you're a father of, of two kids, and so you've had the opportunity uh, to think of the, the concept of—, of doubt and and I think there's a special responsibility that we have as parents that we model behavior in such a way to them that we can instill in them uh, a maybe a personality that's not riddled with doubt. How do we do that? Look, I, I can't be responsible for my children. That's one thing that that one of the things that we are brought up with is a false idea that I can raise perfect kids. I, I don't believe that. I believe that I can do the be- that I can give them the best resources I possibly can. But can I raise perfect kids? I, I don't believe that. <laughs> um, I'm going to give them as many tools as I can to be able to be successful. Now, here's what I've believed about or my approach is I've tried to be the good example. So when I've made a promise to pay back all my bills, there was a time when one of my customers went bankrupt and it put me in this horrible 
um, free fall where when it when we finally hit bottom, we were about two hundred and ten thousand dollars in the hole, unsecured debt that I just had to pay back because the snowball that was started by one person. I had a choice. I could either start all over, file bankruptcy, and move on, or I could do, I could fulfill my promise and just keep working and be and be a man of integrity. So I think one way one way that we can help our children is by being the person, trying to be the ideal person, the the best version of me that I can for them. Hmm. Um, there is there is definitely, believe me, Josh, there is a better version of me waiting to to happen. Um, I am still in the process of trying to become the better version of me. But the other side of the coin is, Josh, is that I feel like I'm a better version of me than I was seven years ago. Yeah. And I want to be able to pass that on to my kids, help them become the better versions of themselves. And I think that that's, you know, if you can find that confidence that you're doing the right thing, you're trying to help others do the right thing, and you're trying to be the example of the right thing, I think that that gives a lot of confidence to your kids to be able to then for themselves to become a person who's doing the right thing. That helps to alleviate a lot of the doubts. Man, if you've got a lot of if you've got a lot of mistakes or not following through with stuff, man, you're going to be more susceptible to problems, more susceptible to doubts because you've created you've created those yourselves by not being a person of integrity, not following through with your word. Then then that becomes a bigger issue. But in the process, we can always that, that's not to say that it's all is lost. That's where we say, okay, I, there's a better version of me waiting to happen, and that can start now. It's not something that'll be here next month, next year. It's something that can be here in the next moment. Uh, well, Paul, I, I really appreciate that. And and you, in your work, have had the opportunity to interview, uh, uh, gosh, over what over two hundred entrepreneurs. <laughs> Obviously, you've learned something in that time. And, you know, one thing I'd love to pass along to my audience and in, in, in your, through your experience, have you come up with or have you seen or come up, con, uh, you know, with ideas that, you know, I, I think anyone could start a business like that? I mean, how, what are some business ideas that, that you think normal, everyday, awesome people can do? Hmm. Well, first off, let me just say that I think part of it has to do with what our desires are. Um, I think anybody can can do can f- become a business person in just about uh, just about anything. But the question is, is it going to be something that you are really passionate about? So I have a friend, for instance, that just started a, that started a podcast around the same time that I did, um, and he thought that he was just like completely gung ho about it. Well. Just last month, he decided he was going to just leave it. And his point was, is that he said, I wasn't passionate about this subject. And so part of it has to do with what you are, um, part of it has to do with things that you're going to be passionate about. So that's one thing. But let me also just give a little bit of a caveat to that. I also am of the opinion that part of that passion is a passion you bring with you as a pa- as yeah. opposed to a passion you find when you get there. So part of it is just getting that in yourself to bring along with you. Okay, mm-hmm. so different jobs that people could do. Anybody can become a window cleaner, and you can make great money as a window cleaner. It takes it takes about a hundred dollars an investment. You can go out and within one day you can be you can have cash in pocket, having walked around your town, driven around your town, and just saying, "Can I wash your windows?" 
$10 a pain, $15 a pain, boom, you've got yourself a job. That That is a perfect example of, of how to make a low fruit example of how to get a business going and get yourself running on it. Um, I, in fact, I did that myself. Years ago, I had a business wow. that was called Shine Through Window Service, Window Cleaning Service. And it was so easy to start. And the reality is back when I was in college, I was making 25 bucks an hour. Dude, that was in the 80s. Wow. 25 bucks an hour is insane wow. money. That's yeah. equivalent to like about 40 bucks an hour now. It's just amazing amount of money for a for, for a person like for a, um, a college student. Uh, another another thing a person can be able to do is a car detailer. You can become a person that details cars. All you need is a good vacuum. You need a good armor all and you need to have an eye for detail, getting in there and really cleaning the nooks and the crannies. And you can make an amazing amount of money getting detailing jobs of going to people's works and saying, don't you don't have to bring your car to the to the car wash. I'll do it for you while you're here at work. Give yourself an hour's worth of work, you can make 50, 60, 70, 100 bucks in about 30 to 40 minutes worth of work. So little simple practical things like that. If a person wants to go online, um, you know, it, I'll just tell you, if you can provide a product or a service, there are so many great resources for that. In fact, I would say go to someplace like The Foundation. Uh, they will tell you ways that you can make an amazing income and start a great business. Because the, the other thing that I was going to say there is that if you don't have an idea of the how-tos, it's easy enough to learn it. So you go ask someone how to do it. And that's why I say suggest going to the, to, um, to the foundation and getting involved in one of their programs, getting a coach that can be able to walk you through the process. So kind of from the hip, off the top of my head, those are the types of things that I'd say that, that a person can be able to do to make, to make fast not necessarily easy, but at least some quick money and to be able to find a solid path to be able to make a good run at earning an income. Great. And Paul, one last question. You can answer it as briefly or as uh, any way you like, but what does abundance mean to you? That, that's a great question, Josh. Um, abundance to me has less to do with my bank account and more to do with my relationships. Yeah. This last year, I should have gone under financially, but I had an amazing network of friends and even an amazing network of even strangers that stepped up and provided the resources that our family just didn't have. I could not have had a better experience in this last year struggling with something that is so scary. I couldn't have had a better experience than having friends that stepped up and said, we're going to support your family this month. I've had people pay my mortgage. I've had people pay my life insurance. Mm. I've had people pay my come by and drop off groceries. It's been an amazing, amazing, amazing journey. I define abundance as having friends that love me. Man, Paul, I love that. And, you know, I, I would absolutely love to share your work as, as I, we've shared this time together. But I would love for my audience to uh, learn where they can follow you. How can they, you know, enjoy some of the work and the interviews that you've done with, with other entrepreneurs? Can they follow you on Twitter? Where, where would you like to send people? Yeah, the best place to probably to keep up with with me would probably be two places. I've got, I mean, I'm on all the social media stuff, you know. But let's just let's just say first off, I'm at doubtthedoubts.com. That's d o u b t 
T-H-E-D-O-U-B-T-S.com. And then I'm also at The Potter's Cast. And The Potter's Cast is is uh, about pottery, basically, ceramics. And so those are the two best places to be able to get a, uh, get, a, get a hold of me or follow me. I'm also on Twitter. You can find me at P-D-B-L-A-I-S. I'm also on Instagram at P-D-B-L-A-I-S. I'm on Pinterest at The Potter's Cast on Pinterest. Um, and I think there's somewhere else that I am, but I think that that's good enough. I'm on Facebook and, you know, Potter's cast and also doubt the doubts on Facebook. So there you have, I will have all of those links in the show notes, which of course, uh, I'll I'll explain exactly where to get that, uh, at the conclusion of our, of of this episode. But Paul, I want to thank you so much for spending your time with me and with my audience. I, I truly feel inspired, um, having spent this time and, and, uh, your story has, uh, has really, it's inspired me to uh, think uh, more about the moment as well and and to really truly be in the moment and to mm-hmm. um, to to treasure those those relationships and those friendships that we have in this moment as well. So I thank you, sir. Oh, thanks for having me on the show today, Josh. I really appreciate it and lots of love to you. All right, likewise, my friend. take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Paul Blyes. And if you enjoyed this program, I would appreciate if you could do me a great favor. Just go visit me at savingsangel.com. I've got lots of great resources if you're looking at earning and saving more money, living a better life, and certainly living abundantly. Now, if you'd like to do me a really big favor, I'm going to do you a favor back. We've got a contest that's going on this week. It's a special giveaway, actually this month, and I am giving away a $200 value e-course. And all you have to do is just simply leave a positive review, in iTunes for me, and you'll be automatically entered to win. Now, I do want you to use a form to let me know what username you have, uh, and you can find that simply by going to savingsangel.com forward slash podcast, and then click on this episode, and there's going to be a form right there, or a link to the form that you can click on, and it'll tell you exactly how to do that, and you'll be able to win a $200 value e-course just for leaving that positive feedback. We're going to have one winner in the month of August, and I would just love if that person were you. Very, very, very easy to do, very easy to enter, very easy to win. Also, another thing we just launched, Enlightened Shopping is our flagship product. Now, I made the decision that this week, I am going to be giving away 10 days free of our VIP shopping service in celebration of back to school. Now, this couldn't be any easier. All you have to do is just go to savingsangel.com and you'll see, scroll down to the bottom and you'll see an offer for enlightened shopping. Take a look at that. Click on that and you'll see that uh, it is absolutely free. There's no credit card needed. You're going to get 10 days free outright. If you ever decide you want to do some more (laughs) saving uh, with Savings Angel, then you'll certainly have that opportunity in the future, but there's no obligation whatsoever. I just want you to save a lot of money. There's a lot of families that are spending a lot of money for back to school, and I want to help you save more money. I want to help you earn more money. I want you to have more abundance in health. I want you to have more abundance in your relationships. And above all, all together, I want to help you live more abundantly.
in order for me to start a business, I must incorporate.